virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a Tabletoppers Leicester City take on Liverpool at Anfield this weekend. We preview the big clash in the Premier League. And we also give away a Leicester shirt. If you've entered, stand by your beds. It's for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and I am in For Fox's Sake HQ1 and alongside me over the airwaves in For Fox's Sake HQ2, Rob Hayes. How are we doing? Good, thank you very much. Episode 155 and here we are with a giveaway. We've got the results of our Winner Leicester shirt competition coming up a little bit later on. Thank you to all of those uh, that have taken part. It's uh, obviously you could get something for nothing, so why wouldn't you take part? But it's nice that we've got uh, some new people to speak to and to reach on social media as well to join in uh, the Leicester City conversation that we're about to have for the next three quarters of an hour. Exactly. It's been a stunning success. Many thanks to our sponsor, Football Kit Market. Make sure you head over to footballkitmarket.com to check out all of the shirts they've got on offer there. And there's plenty being added every single day. They sponsor the podcast and you can follow them at Footy Kit Markets on Twitter and also find them on Facebook. Now, the results of the competition, it's been a a, a stunning success. Plenty of people have got involved and that's later on in the show. Uh, just another word as well, we will be having another giveaway before Christmas. So stand no by way. for No way! Talk about production yes. meetings on air. This is a surprise for me as well. Have you got any more details or are we just leaving it nice and vague for now? I think possibly nice and vague because listeners to the show, and there will be new listeners who are joining, and you're very welcome to the For Fox Sake family over five years of podcast, you can go back and listen to the glory days, which essentially is right now. We are in the glory days of Leicester City and obviously the podcast as well. But because a few episodes ago, uh, I made the declaration that any work that we do or specifically myself regarding uh, the time that I've got compared to your good self, Rob, uh, that's come through the podcast. So essentially working for appearing on Premier League TV and the like any kind of fees that we get i'm going to basically just recycle into prizes so it's more than likely to be something like a gift voucher from the shop because then anyone can get what they want you know we've done the shirt thing here in collaboration with um, footballkitmarket.com and then i think just basically a, a voucher from the club shop so you can go into the new year sales for example or or whatever and get your own stuff so I, I think that's a, a good idea, and it's also very easy for me to get and very easy for me to post. So let's not beat around the bush. They are important things. So um, that will happen, and it will happen before Christmas, and then I can basically post it, and you can get it before Christmas. I think that's a good thing, and um, there we go. So that's the idea for the next one, but we will be announcing the winner of the Leicester shirt of your choice, the home shirt, the away shirt, or the third shirt, depending on well, whichever you want. And that's later on. But for now, we have some very important games, Rob, to look forward to because we are 
And we are still, since the last podcast, Rob, we're still top of the league. I mean, it does help that there hasn't been any Premier League football since our last podcast. So we have uh, resided at the top of the Premier League for a nice period of time now. And I think last week, obviously I knew we'd gone top of the table, but I don't think it had quite sunk in. You know, because the games are coming so quickly and just a few weeks before we were discussing um, back-to-back defeats um, and there wasn't I'm not a sense of doom and gloom at all, but but we were, wanted to re-kickstart some momentum. And since then, we've won six in a row. And, and that happened very, very quickly. You know, most of our podcasts at the minute are covering two games at a time. So it's not it's been nice this week, obviously, to, to keep an eye on the internationals, um, but also to know the fact that we are still top of the league and we go into the next Premier League match day top of the league albeit with probably the most difficult game in the league um, in terms of it, it being against the defending champions at Anfield where they haven't lost in the league for 63 matches. So, you know, return to Premier League football as table toppers doesn't get much more difficult than this. It's just rewards, isn't it, really, for being top of the league, for having a, a great run of games and victories And your reward is, once the international break is over, to play back in the Premier League against the reigning champions away live on TV because every game now will be live. And thanks to the powers that be who have seen their senses, maybe forced into it, I would imagine, by a lot of campaigns that have been run regarding pay-per-view, that's now hopefully, I think, been scrapped. I think it's been declared that it's been scrapped away and, and put into a draw that will never be opened and um, I think power to the fans, really. So this game, 7.15 on Sunday evening, away at Anfield, it's going to be incredibly difficult. But we know that Leicester at the moment are absolutely flying. We know that we have a big injury crisis, and we certainly know that Liverpool have a big injury crisis because it's here, there and everywhere. And I will say, and there will be a lot of Leicester fans who are saying, yeah, but we've got plenty of injuries and we've not kind of gone on about it and it's not been headline news. For me, they are the champions and they are playing in the top league in English in um, in European football. They're playing in the Champions League. They're, it's, they're a huge club, Liverpool, and they do have an awful lot of injuries. And, of course, that's going to be news. So when people see something about Liverpool having this big injury crisis and go, yeah, but we've got... Yeah, of course, but Liverpool are going to be a big story. And if you just go through some of the players, Van Dijk, Gomez... Fabinho, question mark. Uh, I still think he probably will be out. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, there's question marks surrounding Robertson, who has withdrawn from Scotland duty, but that could really be just a a bit of a a herring, really, because they need him to be playing. Uh, So he's, you would say, a doubt for for the game on Sunday, but more than likely, I'd imagine, would play. Mo Salah, returning a positive test for COVID away with Egypt, and at the time of recording, only a few hours ago, um, his second test was positive as well. So he's well, he's going to be out of the game, isn't he? All these, without making light of a situation regarding COVID, um, they are beneficial for Leicester. Let's just not beat around the bush. That's the that's the way things lie. Yes, we have our own problems, but the more injuries for Liverpool the more chance that we've got in this game. That, that's just, that's the nature of things. It is interesting, though, that it's their defence as well as our defence that's been hit hardest by injuries, isn't it, Rob? 
It is interesting, yeah, because they seem to be struggling for centre-backs as much as we are in the fact that um, Gomez has had knee surgery. Obviously, Van Dijk's out long-term as well. Um, Matip coming back in. Fabinho, question mark. Not played for a few games and could come in slot in at centre-half, much like Wilfred and Didi needed to at the start of the season for us. Um, And it's kind of a, a little bit of a mirror image, really, Except the fact that you look at Liverpool's um, backups, if you like, and quite a few of them, um, especially in their defence, are more young players, are less experienced players. Whereas, you know, we've we've praised over the last few weeks the efforts of the Leicester City squad players, but the ones that we've been able to draft in have been typically more experienced or at least been able to balance them with uh, an experienced player and a youth player, say say Fuchs and Thomas in that combination uh, on the left side of defence, for example. Um, whereas Liverpool, you know, their youngsters, their academy is obviously world class and and has been for decades. You know, they've brought through some, some outrageous players in, in their time. And, and, you know, players like Curtis Jones, the midfielder, coming... Um, in Williams in defence as well, wanting to to break through into the first team. So they're not. I'm not. I'm not calling them um, poor players whatsoever. But you know, we could rely on players to come in and do a solid job, and they have done. Liverpool with so many problems at the back, so many injuries, um, and unavailable players. You know, it will play into our hands. It will create or enable us to create one or two more opportunities than we would have got against the full strength Liverpool and you know like you say that's just that's just the fact of the matter because there are very few teams in the world where you have got two or three world-class players for every single position because world-class players do not want to sit on the bench so it, it does open up a few avenues for us um what I will say is I would I would like that to give us some kind of incentive as to to attack the game a little bit more. And, you know, I'm still weeks on from the Arsenal victory. I'm, I'm still on the fence as to whether I actually liked it or not. Obviously, coming away with the three points um, was, was great. But the feeling that I've got now building up to the Liverpool game is the fact that we are going to have to watch a 90 minutes or certainly at least a first half, first 60 minute performance where we sit and sit and sit and it's not going to be that enjoyable to watch in my humble opinion but I think Liverpool in terms of the personnel that are missing are there to be got at. But are we though Rob? Are we going to see a Leicester performance in the ilk of Manchester City in the ilk of your favourite game away at Arsenal? Are we going to see Leicester take the game to Liverpool? Are they going to look at the Liverpool side and we listed the players who are missing and see those youngsters, those unfamiliar names in the team and go, well, actually, this is our chance to actually go into the game and stamp our authority really early in the game against this inexperienced, say, backline of Liverpool. Instead of waiting for their formidable attack, without Salah, they'll still have a world-class attack, and instead of just inviting them on to Leicester and then Leicester producing the counter-attack and wearing them down late on, etc., etc., 
instead of that happening, do you think there's an option for Leicester to actually go there and go, look, we're going to be more attacking. We're going to take the game to Liverpool, try and dominate the midfield, try and keep the ball, try and play our game regardless of the Liverpool side because they have a fragile team and a fragile set of players rather than individuals kind of dotted around the team it seems to be groups the, the defense the one side of their team etc that that seems to be missing especially if Robertson's missing the left side for example would be very different and I think it's it's a real chance for for Leicester to actually go there and, and say they probably expect us to sit back we're actually going to do the opposite and go early in this game try and catch them out try and catch these youngsters cold and get a foothold in the game early, get a goal early in the game, and and try and dominate at Anfield, which sounds crazy with the record that you said that Liverpool have got, and the fact that they are the reigning champions, etc. But when there's a, a wounded animal, you've got to take advantage. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's that's what I would like to see us do, um, but I don't think we'll do it. I, I think we've had the success against the bigger teams this season so far with that certain approach, with that certain style of play. And I think regardless of the personnel or even the shape of the Liverpool team come Sunday evening, I still think that's the way that we're going to go. What what I would like us to do is, is if we are going to, to, to play that kind of game, I think we've got to do it the Man City way rather than the Arsenal way in terms of the performances we put in against those two teams. Because... Against Manchester City, we pressed higher up the pitch. We were more aggressive in our um, pressing game, whereas Arsenal in the first half in particular, we barely got out of our half, which which is why it made it so so difficult to watch. So, I think I think it is going to be um, another counter attacking performance, which is fine. But we, we counter attacking can still be entertaining, a la Manchester City, a la Premier League title two thousand and sixteen. But it, I, I can't, I can't watch another forty five minutes like we did against Arsenal. We've got to get at Liverpool, and the thing is, Liverpool are not really going to change the way that they play. You know, the the philosophy is there. Jurgen Klopp's been there long enough, and I'm sure. You know, uh, most managers these days like to instill a similar playing style in their academies, in their development squads, um, to the one that the first team is playing, so that those players are um, sort of honed in the in the way that the that the manager wants to play them for the first team, and ultimately that gives those development squad players a better opportunity of making the first team a little bit quicker if they know exactly what is required of them. So I think the Liverpool youngsters know exactly how a first-team Liverpool player should be playing. So I think they're going to try and keep the ball. And, you know, if you get in the face of a youngster who's maybe not played that many Premier League games, who hasn't faced somebody with the intensity of Jamie Vardy too many times in their career before, if you get right up in their face, you're going to force some mistakes. And I think that's the way that we've got to go. Even if we're not able to keep the ball for long enough periods to probe and force mistakes defensively, force mistakes from them in possession, particularly in their half, I think that's the key thing. We win the ball higher up, that's when we can can spring um, those those balls through from Madison, Tielemans, Pratt, etc. through for the likes of Vardy and Barnes to get on the end of. I think winning the ball higher up off the younger players would be um, hopefully a successful approach. 
you mentioned the word first team there or two words and that's jogged me because uh, I asked for a few questions and we got one from Canadian Foxes will it be the battle of the benches next Sunday and so many players on both sides Liverpool and Leicester City are injured could we see many players getting a shot who aren't normally in the first team? And his question was actually answered by Glenn the Foxile, uh, also has the uh, the Canada flag emoji, so I'm going to guess over in Canada as well. And it says, is there such thing anymore as a first team? Teams in Europe have to play a squad rotation to rest players even without injuries, plus it's horses for courses. Uh, I think our best 11 uh, depends, depends on who's playing essentially nowadays. And I, I do agree with him because if you look at what, Liverpool have been doing in the Champions League and then you look at what we've been doing in the Europa League and then you look at us in the Premier League and you look at Liverpool at the moment and also you look at the two injury lists. Very, very similar. Yes, different competitions in Europe but both doing very well in their own competitions and then in the Premier League, both riding high and with very similar injuries. So I think they're both kind of in the same boat and I do agree that at the moment... It is kind of horses for courses. It is a first-team squad. The first-team squad has really come into its own this year. And especially if you're Liverpool, because if you're playing in the Premier League against, let's say, lesser opposition, you're playing, say, a West Bromwich Albion, etc., or Fulham, then you're more likely to be able to rest players going into that game knowing that your forward line is so good, it can get you out of a bit of trouble, even if you concede a couple of goals, for example. I don't think they really do that very often, Liverpool, but this season it might well change. And, of course, with the injuries. Now, Leicester, I think, slightly different. I think they will really go into every single Premier League game with their first team, with their uh, their best eleven, should I say, thanks to the 3 from 3 record in Europe and also because of our position not being the Premier League current champions and also knowing that we need to be really 100% against every single side. So, kind of, yes, I, I do agree that it is a it is really a squad game. And who will know in the next few weeks? Last episode we mentioned about the, the three subs rule and how I was still really in favour, and you were as well, Rob, weren't we? Um, in favour of keeping that three subs rule. Well, it's now changed to five in the Championship, I believe, and League One and League Two will follow. Um, but I know in the Championship it's going to change. And if it happens in the Football League, it will happen in the Premier League. They will follow suit eventually. So when that happens, we'll see how that changes the dynamic of certain sides because that will bring, naturally, the entire first-team squad um, into a, a, a better light and, and into a focus, should I say, because it means that you'll be able to start with a slightly different team than you would do when you only have the three subs because you've got the ability to make more changes and adapt depending on whether you need to chase or and just consolidate yourself in the game depending on, on what's happened so far. So it's a very interesting scenario. But I think after this international break, even though plenty of players for both sides have been playing an awful lot of football in this break, I think it still will be the best side for Liverpool against the best team that Leicester can put out at the moment. I think so. And and I think the reason that that question is so interesting is because our minds have been changed and our opinions have been changed this season, I would say, on a number of players. Um, obviously, that's been forced because of the, the injury list that Leicester City have had. Um you know, Castagna in, starting brilliantly, then getting injured. Ricardo, player of the season previously, um, out for a long period of time. Um, 
And it's given other players an opportunity. I, I saw something earlier that James Justin is one of three Leicester players, one of only three Leicester players that's played in every single competitive game they've had so far this season, which is which is something that you wouldn't necessarily have expected at the start of the season. You certainly wouldn't have expected him to be to be adapting so well so quickly. So, you know, you've got to you've got to praise um, Brennan Rodgers and the recruitment team at Leicester for building the, the phrase that you say that I think first team squad rather than first team is the way that we've got to look at this now um, and 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 our first team squad has been put to the test this season so far as as has many of the other uh, teams in the Premier League and beyond so it's it's reassuring for us that Wilfred and Didi first name on the team sheet or one of for Leicester um, been out for so long, but Mendy has been outstanding. Um, Castagna, as I said, came in and we would have seen him as a replacement, I think, to, to begin with for Chilwell, um, with knowing that Ricardo would be back at some point. Um, out injured, you know, Justin in, or Brighton in to do a job. Fuchs playing more football than I think he would have expected to this season. So we have to praise that entire first team squad because we both had our reservations about the size and quality of it at the start of the season. And I, and I will openly admit that I have been pleasantly surprised so far. So yes, first team in terms of best 11, in terms of naming your 11 best players at the football club, I think is different to first team squad. However, I think on Sunday, you're right, Pete, It's it's got to be for both sides, the best 11 players that they have available at this time but the thing is it really does depend on what the approach is for Leicester because there are probably fit players at the moment 13 maybe 14 that you could have in contention for those best 11 at the moment and the 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 changes that you might make are are related to the shape that you might want to play so it is. It is still even now with the with the injury list depleting the squad. It's still not as clear cut as it perhaps been as in the past, where you would say those are the eleven. Let's. I, I don't like to hark back to the title winning uh, season again, but you could name the eleven that started pretty much every single Premier League game. You could Leicester fans could do it off the top of their head even now, four years on. At the moment, and even when our first our whole squad is back, you wouldn't be able to do that anymore. And I think that's because we are a more adaptable squad. Um, and I think that the squad itself is stronger and more competitive now than it was back then. And that is the fact that we're talking about a first team squad, not a first team, I think is a wholly positive thing. And we can play guess the starting lineup now. I think there's only one real kind of question mark. We Hopefully Schmeichel will be back because he did have... A very nasty knock to the head playing for, for Denmark and went off at half-time. Whether he got knocked out or not, I think, is going to be the question because if he did, that might might mean a, a spell on the sidelines uh, through protocols, etc. But if you're taking that everyone's kind of available who would normally be, we're still missing the, the long-time injuries. But um, I think the, the question mark will be, I think, Madison and Barnes because I can see... Brendan Rodgers playing Dennis Pratt. I can see him playing in that kind of right side of of the forward three, 
being there so he can help out in midfield more than you would have, say, an Under or or even, say, Madison or Barnes, for example. He would be, um, I think, in the side. I, I can't see Leicester running out without him there. Uh, the rest of the team, I think, picks themselves. This, the line that's pretty much been for the last few games. And then the question mark is, who's going to be on the left of that forward three, Vardy in the middle, and whether it's going to be Madison or Barnes. Barnes for a more counter-attack, Madison to link the midfield to the attack and has been playing well recently and Barnes was on the bench for the previous game, etc. So there's a real question mark there and I don't think it diminishes the side by having one or the other. I can see having Madison there would be, I think, the way that they'll go. I think if they're going to go more Arsenal, more... Manchester City then they'll go with James Madison I think if they're going to go more attacking and taking the game to the opposition they might go with both and maybe Pratt will be on the bench who knows but I I think they'll go with Pratt and I think they'll go with Madison and I think Barnes will be on the bench and brought on for obvious reasons regarding injuries but also to try and chase the game to try and stretch the game uh, to try and consolidate hopefully a lead by maybe dropping one of the forward three back into midfield, if it's Dennis Pratt, for example, and then having maybe two up top and going more of a flat midfield, say five, if you want, with the wing-backs. That's a possible way that we could go. But uh, I think that's the only question mark, really, for the starting lineup for Leicester, and I think they'll probably go Madison. Yes, I'm just looking back at the... The starting lineups for I've gone back to the Arsenal game as well. Uh, as well, I don't know why I do this to myself. Um, because you know Barnes started as the most advanced player on that um, in that game, uh, if you remember, because Vardy wasn't fully fit. Uh, and you know everybody's expecting Ian Acho to start up front, but Ian Acho over the last well this season really has has shown himself as a bit more of a player who can make the ball stick with his back to goal and and he's dropping a bit deeper to get involved whereas I think when he first came to Leicester we all thought he had raw pace and and great finishing so that that would naturally make him a similar sort of footballer to Jamie Vardy but the role that he's taken centrally so far this season he's been predominantly back to goal looking after it uh, grabbed a couple of assists in the Europa League that way um, so, you know, if the, the approach against Arsenal was to try and spring the ball over the top, really, or the ball through with Madison starting and, and him having the capability to put those balls through uh, and Barnes being preferred from the start to uh, a not fully fit Jamie Vardy and um, Ian Acho, who is seemingly being converted into a different kind of striker. So if it's pace to spring it through... Then if, and and he wants to go bold. Then then yeah, Madison, Barnes and Vardy as your as your front three is is the one, isn't it? Because Madison's the one who operates in between the lines, um, and then you've got the double threat of Vardy and Barnes. I think if you start Pratt and Madison with just Vardy through the middle, you put all your eggs in in the basket that is Dennis Pratt and Madison joining from deeper. And only Vardy really playing on the shoulder, so you know it depends on the on the tactical approach. And and so far, bar a couple of periods of forty five minutes here and there, Brendan Rodgers has been absolutely spot on tactically, uh, and whatever he's tried by and large has worked. So, it, it I think that you're right. That is the biggest question mark. Um, 
whether we see Justin and Albrighton as the two wing backs or whether we see Thomas employed in there and, and Justin tucked in more centrally because there's obviously question marks over Fafana as well at the moment with, um, I think he, he left the France under-21s camp. So a couple of personnel issues there. The central midfield is absolutely going to be Tielemans and Mendy. Uh, no questions there. Um, but it will be interesting to see the approach, particularly with the front three, yeah. Yeah, Fafana picked up a, apparently a, a knock on his knee and reading between the lines of a few comments made and and looking into a few columns written, I don't know, but it looks to me that he, he should be fine and it was more a precaution and we'll know more later in the week when Brendan does his press conference. If he's going to be in the side, which you imagine he will be, Evans in the middle, him one side, I think they will go um, with Fuchs because of his form, it will Justin. It would be nice to have Justin in there as one of the three centre halves because of his pace, and we know Fafana's very quick anyway. But it would be nice to have that pace in there as well. Uh, ideally, you would then go Fafana one side, Justin the other side, Evans in the middle. That for me looks more solid than having Fuchs there. I, it's Fuchs has been ex- exceptional this season when we've called on him when we've needed him. We really have, and he's been there and he's played so well. I think this is probably the one game where you would look at him and go, yeah, yeah, okay. If there is another option, because they're not really going to bombard us in the air, it's it's really possibly a, a chance for maybe Justin to play in that role. But then Justin's been playing very well in the wing-back role. And again, his attributes are, are there to be seen. He played very well for England on the 21, scoring a lovely goal. I would prefer him to be at the back in this game I think his his pace would be invaluable against say a Mane who who is actually very good in the air but uh, but still it's um it's an interesting dilemma and I'm sure it's one that Brendan will have written down will have looked at and will have seen and and, and will await the team news come what an hour before kickoff so regarding the team news that's where roughly we are and we'll find out more later on in the week the outcome of the game Incredibly difficult. The way Leicester have started this season, regardless of the two blips, has been exceptional. And you can't help really, when previewing this game, uh, then look actually beyond this game. So regardless of what happens at Anfield, we then go away to Braga in the Europa League. And then we're at home against Fulham in the Premier League. We're then away at Zoya and then we play Sheffield United. We've got a good run of games in the Premier League, in theory, on paper. And... You look at it and you do go, okay, what will be will be essentially at Anfield, which is generally the case when you go to places like Anfield against Liverpool, against the reigning champions. But Leicester are top. Top of the league in Europe. If we do get turned over on Sunday, by an awful long way, it is not the end of the earth. By any means. And I can see right now if... Leicester are beaten, and maybe beaten quite handsomely on Sunday. Monday morning, players will be in, and they will be told to completely forget that, because we're going to be travelling over to Portugal to play Braga, and with a change side, and we've got then uh, a few days after that to prepare for a Monday afternoon or late afternoon game at home against Fulham, who are struggling. And that's the way 
they need to look at this game because we know what happened last season when we played Liverpool and got turned over. Was that the catalyst of the collapse? Quite possibly. And are there a few demons to put to bed? Yes, there is. But I can see Leicester going there and I can see them taking the game to Liverpool. I can see them, whether that works out or not, we'll wait and see. I think there's going to be goals and I think Leicester can get some of that field. I don't think they'll win. I think we can get a point. And I think we can get a point by, more than likely, for me, being in front and probably being pegged back. And I'm going to go for a Desmond. I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw with Leicester being in front, maybe twice, and then being pegged back and looking at that saying, we've just taken the champions to the wire in their own backyard and possibly, after the game, still remaining top of the league. I was going to go for a score draw as well. So we'll, we'll go for a podcast prediction of 2-2 this week. Look, is this a big game? Yes. Is this the kind of game that we enjoy um, being part of? Of course. You know, we've had so many years, you and you and I, Pete, um, have had so many years as, as Leicester fans in the, in the depths of the bottom half of the championship table. This kind of game is exactly the kind of game that we should be looking forward to and enjoying for what it is. Big game, yes. Season-defining game, no. Um, I think our season will be defined by how well we perform and how many points we pick up against the teams that we should be beating and then against the teams that are going to be around our, a similar position to us in the league table. And, you know, some people might argue that we're not going to be a million miles behind Liverpool in terms of league position come the end of the season. And I, I really, truly hope not. But, you know, our season will be defined by victories such as the one against Wolves, for example. Um, and it will be defined by not slumping to too many defeats against teams like West Ham and Villa, for example. So, yeah, as you say, if it all goes to part on Sunday against Liverpool and we get fairly handsomely beaten, fine. Get on with it. Go away to Braga different competition, different players, get back on track. And then, as you say, the run of fixtures on paper looks fairly favourable. And it's something we looked ahead to a good couple of months ago, knowing that when we were going away to Braga, we followed it up with uh, a game against newly promoted Fulham. You go away to Zoria Lahance, you then follow that up with a game against Sheffield United, who are struggling. So the fixture list doesn't look too bad. So let's enjoy this one on Sunday uh, and then... You know, take what you can from it. Point is great. Three points, massive bonus. And then get on with the job in hand, which is making sure that we qualify for the knockouts of the Europa League and making sure that we get maximum points against teams like Fulham and Sheffield United. Yes, and I think we'll do a podcast after the Liverpool game before we then go to Braga. But just a quick look, really. It's it's not quite a dead rubber. It's not quite a... Um, well, a win will take us pretty much through then, but it's not really a Hail Mary game where you can just say, oh, whatever, we'll go for a win and, and if we lose, it, we lose. No, because a draw would be a, a, a brilliant result with then the next game away at Zoya in, in, in the league, which we would expect to uh, to win that. I think there'll be a change side. We don't know what will happen against Liverpool regarding injuries or whatever, so it's a bit hard to preview. And again, we'll have a podcast after the Liverpool game. But I, at this current time, I still think there will be in Brendan's mind the team for Saturday, uh, for Sunday against Liverpool, and then a completely different eleven with still maybe one or two players playing in both. But 
he'll have an idea already of what the team is going to be like away at Braga, the likes of, say, um, Inacho starting, for example. Perez could be in the side under... There's possibly the forward line, for example. Um, I, I think that's pretty much a given, and we'll see how, how well that goes. But uh, it will be a fascinating game, early kickoff, 5.55, and it's just a shame that no fans can go because it's that stadium with the big rock face behind one goal, and uh, I think it will really hit home to the supporters when we see that stadium. It was a bit weird in Athens, wasn't it, with the huge, massive Olympic Stadium. It was a, a very strange game with the running track around it and the, the surroundings. It Yes, it would have been great to, uh, to go to Athens, and I think many people did go, but you look at the stadium and you kind of go, mm, yeah, it's, it, if it was full and there were no Leicester fans there, yes, it would have been gutting, but it looked just weird. I think this game will be the first one where you look and go, there's the big disappointment of not being on a, a European tour as supporters. It is. It's one of the things that we talked about wanting to be in Europe more often for, wasn't it? The the ability to travel to, to new places in terms of new countries for people that may not have been to them before, new cities, new football stadiums, especially that iconic stadium. It, it is a shame. Um but, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't take too much of the gloss off of the fact that we are competing in Europe. You know, a few months ago, maybe even this time last year, you were hoping for Champions League qualification um, and a European tour. We ended up with the Europa League and we can't go on tour uh, as supporters, but I'm I'm still enjoying it. I'm still enjoying watching as play on Thursday night against different opposition. I think that's always something, it's a little bit of a novelty, isn't it? Playing against teams that you've not really, you don't really know an awful lot about or you've not faced before. So we'll, we'll take the enjoyment of, of this European campaign. Um, it will certainly, I think, give us as supporters a, a, the, the want for more. Uh, a little taste of it will make us crave even more. And you never know, next season, we could be in the Champions League and we could be free to travel uh, across Europe at will once more. So let's enjoy this for what it is at the moment. And, and you're right, got to go to Braga on Thursday and, and do a professional job um, and try and get our, another point or three towards the ultimate aim of reaching the knockouts. And with the news over the last, what, seven days or so regarding possible vaccines and all that sort of thing, who knows? In the latter stages of this competition, the rules might change in Europe quicker than they do, say, here. And we could be, possibly in the latter stages, fingers crossed, of the Europa League and able to travel to wherever and, and watch Leicester. That would be an ideal scenario. But this needs to be the norm. It needs to be the norm qualifying for Europe every year. And it needs to be the norm for players to experience Sunday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, Saturday, Thursday, sometimes football in the Europa League. But what we want is the Tuesday or Wednesday games in the Champions League and being able to go abroad for that. Hopefully next season, we'll wait and see. But for now, it's time to give away a football shirt, Rob. And the football shirt is a Leicester City shirt. And it's a shirt of either the blue or the white or the maroon variety. Now, this has been a, a great success. Many thanks once again for the podcast sponsor, footballkitmarket.com. 
go to footballkickmarket.com, please, and have a look at their array of shirts. And there's new ones added every single day. Give them a follow on social media. At footykickmarket is their Twitter handle. And you can find them on Instagram. And you can find them also on Facebook. So give them a follow. And they've been very good in providing us with the opportunity of giving away a shirt of whoever is the winner's choice. Now, there has been... Nothing short of a tremendous response to this. In the last, what, 10 days or so, I have done nothing but watch Netflix. I have been dovetailing The Queen's Gambit with season four of The Crown and three seasons, actually, of Stranger Things, because I've never watched it before, but now I've got through all three. And at the moment, in my mind, Princess Diana could move doors and kill monsters whilst also being tremendous at chess. That's the way my world is at the moment. Today, at the time of recording, I actually went out into the world and did some work, did some broadcasting, looked at some odds and some horse racing and a bit of football. It was great. But that's what I've been doing. Alongside watching all that craziness, thinking I'm trapped in the 80s, actually, because of The Crown, it's actually based in the 80s, that's season four. The whole Stranger Things in the 80s. It's... This shirt... I've got every single entry in front of me. I've been writing down. The phone's been clicking and blinking and making noises because everyone's been retweeting and following. It's been fantastic. Now, the premise was all you have to do is retweet or like or share one of the posts advertising the competition and also then follow the sponsor, footballkitmarket.com. Now, via Twitter, via Facebook... And via Instagram, there were overall 10 opportunities, Rob, for people to enter. And to whittle this down to the winner, I want you, Rob, to pick a number between 1 and 10. And the opportunity to win the shirt will be via one of those. So 1 and 10, we've got, in my bit of paper in front of me, all the entries possible from Facebook. All the entries possible from Instagram and all the entries possible from Twitter. Because remember, if you entered on one, you could enter on the other. You could enter as many times as you like. As long as you retweet or liked or shared each individual post, you entered that many times. And many people did. So, Rob, between 1 and 10, a number, please. I feel a bit nervous. I can't believe you've given me this kind of responsibility. Um... I've not felt like this since I did a, a raffle at a charity game at Baseford FC in Nottinghamshire good six or seven years ago and I got told off by the ground staff for giving the uh, the linesman a bit of stick. Anyway, uh, number between one and ten to whittle it down to one possible winning opportunity. Uh, let's go for my number as a solid centre-half. Let's go for five. Number five. Well, I will tell you, actually, on this list, I have jumbled them up, so it's not first to last opportunity. Number five was a Twitter entry, and the Twitter entry was on the 14th of the 11th, so that was Saturday the 14th, and the tweet was sent out at 1.43 in the afternoon. There was, Rob, 67 retweets of this tweet. So one of these 67 is going to be the winner. So if I just press retweeted by, I have now a list in front of me on my phone of all of the people who retweeted this. Essentially, I can't put them in a big hat, all 500 odd people, because it was just impossible. This is a, a very fair and a nice way of doing it, actually. It's nice and easy. So 
Rob, 67 people can win this now. We've limited it down from the, I think, just over 500 overall. Pick a number between 1 and 67, and that will be the winner. Ooh. I feel like we should have some tense music or a drum roll. Uh, uh, let's go for 17. 17, right. So from the top downwards, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. There's a few familiar names here. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I have the person. Now, if I click on the person, because they need to follow the podcast. It says follows you, which is great. And they also need to follow at footy kit market. Have they followed all of the rules? That's the question. Or are we going to have to have a redraw? Honestly, if we have to have a redraw now, it would be quite embarrassing. I won't name the person yet. Just click on following. They are following Footy Kit Markets. They are. They're also following Leicester City as well, and um, and a few familiar Twitter handles regarding Leicester City. So, so they we are have a winner that. of our first ever competition, courtesy of we do. FootballKitMarket.com. We do. Go on. Drum roll, please. Go on, go, it, you do the drum roll. It, be, it, better, it better not be somebody that, that we know or that's been on the podcast before. Please tell me it's it's not one of those that's going to look a bit rigged. <laughs> no, well, it's, I mean, to be honest, it, the one good thing about it is um, it's actually a name. It, it's someone's name. It could be a few letters and a number. Or it could be, it could be say, a, hand, a Twitter handle of someone who doesn't give their name. So at least it's actually someone's name is good. I don't remember mentioning this person before. Now, if I have in a question from three years ago, then I do apologise, but you've won a shirt, so I'm sure you forgive me. The winner is 23, and he's a trainee PE teacher. Oh, what a noble also... career choice. <laughs> I never thought that. Oh, no. Well, there you go. Uh, it's written in the stars. Also, do you like tennis? Uh, uh, I don't right. mind. I don't mind tennis. Because this person here says on their... This is on their, their bio, by the way, on the uh, on the Twitter. It says they're a tennis and football enthusiast. And uh, scrolling down, they, they retweeted... Yep, they retweeted... I think maybe just the one. Oh, there you go. Very nice. The winner. Put him out of his misery, because it is a he. It is Bruce Tolley. Well done, Bruce. Well done, you Bruce. Are the winner. You are the winner of a Leicester City shirt of your choice, either the home shirt, the away shirt, or the maroon shirt. Um, he's a, yeah, trainee PT. I mean, that could have been an old one. You never know. He, he could be uh, could have quit by now, and uh, he could be um, doing all sorts. Who knows? But Bruce Tolly, you have won the shirt. I will be in contact via Twitter, and, uh, and then we can sort out the uh, basically the size of the shirt and which one you want. Well done to Bruce. Uh, commiserations, everyone else. Um, thanks for entering. There were people who entered numerous times. And um, again, we will be holding another competition uh, before Christmas. It will be, I think, along the same wavelengths because that worked quite well. Very fair. Um, it could have been, if it was basically between 1 and 10, if you um, actually picked out number 2, for example, that would have been um, Instagram, and there weren't that many people on Instagram. So make sure you do follow us on Instagram. Find us at for Fox Eight Podcast. Make sure you do follow us on Facebook as well. At Twitter, there were the most entries. So Bruce has won via Twitter. 
if you picked a different number, Rob, it would have gone to uh, to Instagram, and there are not many on there. So um, there we go. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for entering, and uh, thanks once again to footballkitmarket.com for the shirt. Mm-hmm.